0: This is the Mosaic Church podcast. Mosaic Church is committed to making disciples that discover Christ, connect in Christian community, and serve others and the world. If you're new to us uh, today, we are in just starting off in the book of Daniel. Uh, this is our third week. And uh, the first week we asked a question. You were to go home and figure out what the goal of the world system is. What is the goal of the world system? And last week, and then we talked about God is faithful, remember that, we all said like, I would say like, how many believe God is faithful and everybody raised their hand until I, and, and then, then I explained that he is faithful to keep his word. And there's a whole section in Leviticus of promises and also um, promises of discipline. If you don't obey, this will happen. And so God has always been uh, faithful to his word in Leviticus chapter 26, I believe it was. And, and then last week we talked about Hezekiah making uh, um, a political alignment with the enemy, Babylon, and he needed not to do that. And then the opportunity to give glory to God he didn't do it. He pointed to his treasure house. He, he pointed to his military. He pointed to himself, basically, and never once did he tell the Babylonians about God and who was the one that actually delivered them to the Assyrians. And so we are in the very beginning part of uh, chapter one of Daniel. And you know that uh, God has been faithful and uh, so the choice people and the people of Israel were were taken captive and being reassigned in the, in the place of Babylon. So when I say the name Mishael, anybody know? Raise your hand if you know the name Mishael. Uh, Mishael, uh, in Spanish, is Misael. And I had a friend, one of my good friends, a childhood friend, his name is Misael, And uh, he hated that name because every time he was going to school, he just says, call me Michael. And so uh, Azariah, anybody know who Azariah is? Azariah i got a few hands. Hananiah, Hananiah, sounds like a Petra song. Um, Thank you, Dave, for laughing. Uh, Those are names that I will explain to you who who they are. Look what it says in chapter one, verse three. Then the king ordered Ashpenaz, the chief of staff, to bring to the palace some of the young men of Judah's royal family, other noble families, who had been brought to Babylon as captives. Select only the strong and healthy and good looking young men, he said. Make sure they're very well versed in the branch of learning, are gifted with knowledge and good judgment and are suited to serve in the royal palace. Train these young men in the language and the literature of Babylon. The king assigned them a daily ration of food and wine from his own kitchens. They were trained for three years and then they would enter the royal service. Daniel and Hananiah, Mishael and Azariah were four of the young men chosen all from the tribe of Judah. The chief staff renamed them with these Babylonian names. Daniel was called Belteshazzar, Hananiah was called Shadrach, Mishael was called Meshach, and Azariah was called Abednego. So that was the scripture. That's who they were. And so I would... My guess is that these men, these young men, were probably in their late teens. So picture someone going off to college. Someone has finished high school, 17, 18 years old, and, and going off to Florida State or FAM. And that's what these young men, basically about that, that age bracket. But they are being sent, and I don't know how different this might be, but they are being sent to be reeducated. They are being sent to undo what they've learned up to that point and fill them with something different. So maybe a concentration education camp, if you will. They're there to be reprogrammed. And when you get reprogrammed, one of the first things they do is give you a new name. So instead of keeping their good Hebrew name, they have now been given a Babylonian name. And so I would like to go through, and if, if I were you, I would take notes. Now I don't know if anybody here has mastered living righteously without fault. I haven't, uh, I know you would like to think I do, but I don't, and, uh, and, and many of you know that because I, I live an open book. I'm trying, I don't try to give a false pretense. But if I were you, I would get your phone out and take notes because this is important enough that um, you're gonna wanna know what the enemy tactics are and what he's trying to get you to do. Number one thing he's trying to do is to, to get you to forget who you are. How many of you forgot who you are on the way to church? You know, in your relationship with your, your, your family and that, you know, shoving those kids in the van and, and slamming the door, did you forget? And, uh, and that usually happens, I remember I forgot every week, especially when my kids were, uh, you know, four, six, and eight, Uh, that kind of age bracket. But we forget, don't we? Sometimes we forget who we are when we're at home by ourselves watching uh, television or on the internet. We forget uh, when we're at a workplace and at the lunch counter or the lunchroom at work. We tend to forget and that's the tactic of the enemy, to get you to forget who you are and whose you are. And the first thing they did was to take their names away because Daniel means God is my judge. One of the reasons we do the uh, Apostles' Creed is in there is judgment. Very rare do we talk about judgment. None of our songs talk about judgment. Very rare in my sermons talk about judgment. Uh, but we'll get there in Daniel. Uh, but God is a judge, right? He's coming back to judge the living and the dead. And, and sometimes as Americans and Christians at Mosaic Church, we forget that. And Daniel's name, means God is my judge. Hananiah means Lord is gracious. Sometimes we forget that, sometimes we're overwhelmed and we're beating ourselves over the head or the enemy's doing it and we forget that Hananiah means the Lord is gracious. Mishael means who is what God is, nobody is. And the last one, Azariah means the Lord is our helper. And so the last thing the Babylonians want these, little, these young Hebrew children to remember is that God is their helper, that nobody is like God, and God is gracious, and God is their judge. We want to erase that. Very similar to, I believe, what the culture, not the culture, but the enemy is wanting us to do. He wants us to forget who God is. So they were given Babylonian names. Now these Babylonian names are tied to Babylonian gods the God of Marduk and Bel and Nebu. So the second thing uh, I would say to help from being reprogrammed is number one, remember who you are and whose you are. Number two is remember scripture. Read the word, all right? Don't just base it on some music that we might hear or on the radio. Read the word. Hide the word in your heart because uh, there might be a time and place where Getting a Bible or reading a Bible may not be that easy. And all of a sudden, you find these, uh, these Hebrew kids, these young men, in a place where the Bible or the scriptures, the Holy Scriptures, weren't easily accessible to them. It was removed. You know, one of the things I love to hear about stories in China or where people are in prison is that, you know, they would just maybe just one cheat. Of the Bible was ripped, and they were able to smuggle it in, and they read it over and over again. You have to get it in your heart, embed it in your heart and your mind, and in, 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 in everywhere in your in, in your life. So remember the word. So that's what's going on. Number three, remember where your bread comes from. Now I'm going to challenge you, those who are well gifted in knowledge and. Well gifted in workplace, and you make a good living, all right? Remember that where your bread comes from, it comes from the Lord. It says here that uh, they were they were supplied with the king's food at the eating at the king's table. They were giving a daily allowance of food and wine. Why? Why would they be giving a smorgasbord of food and wine to get them to be reprogrammed, to think that this is where the good life is? You know, have you ever been on a cruise? I was gonna say uh, Golden Corral, but that's not really good. So, But I've been to, on a cruise where they just spread it out. I mean, there's everything and anything. And you know, that, that carnal nature would say, man, I could live here. I could live here in this, this, this boat of luxury where I get served and, and I've been given the choicest food and uh, water. Um, I was being funny. So, so they were eating at the king's table and they were given all this. Why? To get them to believe that this is the life. That's the life. So remember where your bread comes from. You know, when these college students, I mean these three young men, uh, were finishing up, uh, what was the Babylonian goal? They wanted to obliterate their history. They wanted to obliterate any connection to their Hebrew life, their God. And that's the goal, to, to, to forget about their old identity and take on a new identity, And then they will serve the King Nebuchadnezzar. And I love this story because it's true. It's a true Bible story. And we can learn and extrapolate so many good truths. That's why I would write things down. So the first thing I would do is remember who you are. The second thing is, uh, what was the second one? There you go. Third one is remember where your bread comes from. So this, this system that's trying to get you to forget and trying to get Daniel and, and his three Hebrew friends to forget is a, what I would call a combination, a one-two punch, right? The one punch is maybe a threat of pain. And the second punch is the subtlety of, of getting you indulged in pleasure and comfort. We have t- talked about this before in our church. You know, we used to think, oh, those poor people who are being persecuted and getting beat up for the for the gospel, because of the gospel, and then it dawned on us that they're probably praying, Lord, we pray for the Western church, we pray for Mosaic church. They're getting inundated with temptation, with comfort. They're praying for us, because at the end, it's still the same end result, is to get us to bow our knee, not to God, to help us to forget who we belong to and who we are. So, It's this promise of enforcement and encouragement. So if you don't, if you're reluctant, you go off to prison. And if you're compliant, uh, you're going to be well provided for. We'll take good care of you. So the whole goal is to get you to forget. So what does the enemy want us to do? Number one, he wants you to forget your name. Do you know what your name is? Well, not your, your... your, uh, your passport name, not your birth certificate name. What does the Bible call you? Well, I, let me just, I'm not going to go through a whole list, but there's a whole list that I want you not to forget. All right? He calls in the scriptures, we call believers, we're called brethren, we're called children, children of God. We're the chosen people, Christians, disciples, fathers, fellow citizens, co heirs, fellow members fellow partakers, we're called the flock, heirs of God, a holy nation. We are, part of, we are called lambs, little children. We're God's own possession. We're called priests. We are called redeemed saints, sheep, sons of God, sons of light. Don't forget that. Don't forget that. Write it down. Look it up. Do some research. Read the scriptures and see what they call you because let me tell you, the first thing they're going to want you to do is forget who you are and whose you are. The second you know, thing uh, the enemy wants us to think is that our help comes from political alliances. Right, I used to think that. I shared with my story last, last week that it, in 1992, I, I was all in on my political alliance thinking that they were gonna bring deliverance. They were gonna bring uh, deliverance to my, the country that I live in. And then the person I picked lost, and my whole world collapsed. And the Lord began to teach me, where does your help come from, son? Does it come from political alliances? Do you not trust me? Do you not, am I not, are you not my child? Are, am I not your father who's saying to me? Why, why are you so long in the face? Because somebody lost a political battle? If you were here last week, I told you, I was depressed. I was scared, I was filled with fear of what might happen because of this political alliance that I made, and the Lord began to discipline me. Where does my help come from? Where does my, the good gifts that I have come from? It's not from some political government. God will use them, and we live here, and we have to live with uh, uh, political governments and, and agencies and people but my help doesn't come from them. You know, uh, you might be motivated because you want, uh, you know, you, maybe you want your school loans paid off, you know, the, some of the promises, and, and, and all of us could use a little bit of extra cash in our pocket, I get it, I feel the same way. But my hope, my faith, my joy, our peace, our future is in God's hands. And Hezekiah made this political alliance. And this is what they they want you to do is begin to to put your faith and hope in a government political alliance. Our hope is in God. The other thing is let them, uh, another thing they want to do is just let, let the system educate your kids. Don't do that. I did that by mistake. You know, I, I just said, okay, you know, they're going to learn everything from public school or, or uh, you know, small Christian school. Don't, don't do that. Don't just let them do the education. You educate your kids. You tell them the Bible stories. You read to them. But that's what they're going to do. So you can see that the Hebrew children were re-educated that's what they wanted to take over all of the education of our our children. The last thing is or not the last one the next thing is don't be materialistic don't be materialistic. you know a lot of times uh, sadly a, a lot of these ch- church growth seminars they'll tell you that you have to um, I remember one time somebody told me that uh, that you need to Make the women's bathroom as nice as you could possibly afford. And I'm thinking, why? Oh, because that's the first thing that women look for is the bathroom. And I'm like, I've gone to Florida State football games, and there's lot 30,000, 40,000 women there. And um, I've seen those bathrooms. <laughs> and they don't put a lot of money into it. But people go, right? And women use the bathroom there. And, uh, and this bathroom, if you've ever been downstairs, we, we just added air conditioning. I feel like we just got into the 1970s with air conditioning here. Uh, and I kept thinking, before us was the church, uh, St. Peter's Anglican Church in Tallahassee. And if you don't know much about them, they're probably one of the wealthiest churches in town. And they were in this building for 10 years. And when I came to a service, man, it was the who's who. Your doctor was going to this church, that church. Uh, your, the, the mayor and the county commissioners, they were coming and I saw them all on, uh, on Ash Wednesday. I was here to, when we were looking at the property. And they were, I mean, they dressed nice. I mean, their suits were like my year's salary. They used the bathroom downstairs. And they had to go down the narrow hallway, narrow, narrow stairways and all that. And I kept thinking, why would somebody tell me that? Listen, we don't play that game. We're not trying to be materialistic here. You know, and and I know that that would not be a hindrance for people to gathering together. So I I just kind of rejected that kind of mindset that somebody would tell me to dump $30,000, $40,000 into a women's bathroom that you might visit on a Sunday. You know, if you're here in the band, yes. You know, you're here from uh, 9.30 to 12.30, you're probably gonna be downstairs. And so, the system wants you to be materialistic. You know, so many times have you thought about it? Like, I'll follow you, Lord, but I don't want you know, it's to. Like, it's like, how uncomfortable are you going to be? It happens all. So be careful. Don't become materialistic. Make sure that, that you know that, that all gifts come from the Lord. Don't be dependent on materialism and comforts. Another way for the enemy to get you to do is, is don't think of Jesus at all at all during the day. Matter of fact, just don't even think about him all week. Talk about sports, uh, watch the news, uh, talk about the news 24-7. Now, my mom's not here, but she seemed like she just wanted to talk about the news. And I'm like, Mom, let me guess. They hate that person, and that person hates them, and everything's going to hell in a handbasket. The same thing I heard five years ago. All right, Nothing's changed. Have you heard, like, Mom, she's watching. (laughs) I love you, Mom. Uh, (laughs) I forgot. I forgot that she's watching. (laughs) Let's think about Jesus throughout the day. Let's think about Jesus. Not just on Sunday mornings. Now, here's an interesting thing if you read the story. The four Hebrew children didn't buck the system. Now, I want to challenge you. If you're at a workplace that you're not really happy about, I want you to just listen. They did not resist outwardly. If you read the scripture carefully, I think they knew that they were in God's hands. I think they knew that that where they're at as unpleasant and horrible that it is, that God had not forgotten them. And so they are going to right now try to figure out how to be good citizens of two places, their heavenly citizenship and their current location citizenship. They did not kick against their situation. I believe they accepted it as an opportunity to fulfill a calling. So you may be in a place where you just can't stand your job. God knows you're there. And I believe God wants to challenge us and and you to look at it as an opportunity to fulfill a calling. You you are not in the same situation as these four Hebrew children. So they, they didn't Passively resist their boss. They didn't just clench their fists and I'm not going to do anything. They didn't do something like that. Are you going to read in the story that they began to progress in their work? So they felt called to the situation. And one of my favorite scriptures in Jeremiah 29, uh, verse 7. Seek the welfare of the city where I have sent you into exile and pray to the Lord on its behalf. For in its welfare, you will find welfare. Whoa. Let me read that again. This is Jeremiah 29, 7. But seek the welfare of the city. Seek the best of the city, where I have sent you into exile, and pray to the Lord on its behalf. Pray for your workplace. Can you believe that? God's called you to pray for Swift Creek. I was going to joke around. Natalie's called you to pray for mosaic and working for me. Uh, school, law firm, work, school system, government office. Seek the welfare of your workplace where I have sent you and pray to the Lord on its behalf for in its welfare you will find your welfare. Holy smokes. That means wherever you want are, you should pray that God would bless that place, because if that place is blessed, guess what happens to you, you get blessed. So the question I have for you, if I were to talk to your boss and ask him, "Can you submit me a, a yes- or-no answer, does so-and-so make your place better?" What would they say? Seek the welfare of the city where I've sent you into exile. Pray to the Lord on its behalf for in its welfare you will find your welfare. I got five more minutes so I don't think I'm gonna finish. So is God calling us to be in Christian uh, neighborhoods? No. Did he call us to Waverly Hills? No. I'm being funny. Uh, Lakeshore Drive? No. Uh, is he calling us to isolate ourselves? I just read a whole story about the the Amish. It's incredibly interesting. I think on the contrary, we should be praying and pursuing for our place of work and where we live, the good of our community. Uh, Royce called me up one week and asked me if I would join him. And and one thing that he, he said that really resonated with him with me, is that we were going to go to a um, a, a march. Is that we need people to come who are people of peace. Because he lives here. This is where we live, right? And so, if people of peace don't come, people of unpeace will go. And so, That resonated with me, that's scripture, that's that's Jeremiah 29, seek the welfare of the city that I've sent you into exile, pray for the Lord on its behalf, for in its welfare you find your welfare. When the city thrives, we thrive. So try to to retain a healthy citizenship. Okay, number one, I'm going to just cruise through in three minutes. Celebrate. What's one thing that we can do to help from us being reprogrammed to help us stay focused? Celebrate. When we come to church, celebrate. We should be the... You know, I remember one time we had a party at a picnic area and, uh, uh, at the res, actually. And it was when I was just doing campus ministry. And then the, the group next to us showed up. It was, uh, I think it was a fraternity. And I remember telling her, he's like, we are going to have more fun than that, all right? So even if we're going to fake it, let's fake it. Uh, but there's just no, celebrate. Christians should be, we should be filled with joy and celebration because of our king. Because of our king. So I know that I remember coming to church sometimes. Uh, we had just had a knockout, drug out with my wife, and, and then you come to church, and you don't want to worship because of that. Um, that's... Don't don't do that. Just worship and celebrate. We're not celebrating what just happened 30 minutes in that van, but we are celebrating the king. It's it's who he is, not maybe how I behaved a few minutes before. Celebrate. Celebrate God. Celebrate who we belong to. You're a Christian. Celebrate each other. It's so good to see you. It's so good to see you. And that's why we miss some of you that are watching I know that while you're home and we are praying for you, but we miss seeing you. Thank you for reaching out to me and us. We celebrate each other. We need to remind each other, remind one another who we belong to. Sometimes people don't like that. When you're misbehaving, I might say, hey, you know, you got to live kingdom. You're you're a citizen of the king, and people don't like that. But all I'm doing is reminding you, and you're going to remind me, who we belong to. Last one, i I, I got to stop because I'm going long, but don't eat the king's food. We'll talk about that next week. But let me encourage you this morning. Remind one another. Talk to your, your spouse. Sometimes you might say to your spouse, like, that's not kingdom living. And then you don't get mad for someone saying that because... They're right. That's not, we celebrate. When we come to church, man, this place, we should be uh, celebrating, hanging from the chandelier celebration. Not because we're crazy. Not because we're trying to conjure up some emotional, uh, you know, endorphins. No, it's because he's not hanging on some cross. He's not in some grave. He's not a figment of our imagination. We celebrate because he's alive. We seek the welfare of our city. Think about Jesus all day, amen? I pray that your workplace, I pray, if, I pray that your workplace says, you know what, I am so glad they're part of my work. They make us better. They make us better. If they were to leave, it would be a loss. I pray that that's what's going on at work. Okay, let's pray. Lord, we say thank you for this day. We thank you for your goodness and kindness. And Lord, thank you for your word. Lord, we just, um, we've learned so much just from these few scriptures, these few verses. Lord, how to maneuver in this world that we're in. Lord, we want to honor you with everything that we say and do. Lord, we want to live for you fully, We are not naive, we are not blind to think that somehow we are immune from being influenced by this world. There's not a person in this room that is not capable, or let me put it this way, Lord, there's not a person in this room that isn't constantly being tempted Away from you. Whether through anger, lust, power, identity, flesh, food, fortnight, All sorts of things that, Lord, if we begin to indulge in any of those things, Lord, we lose focus on who you are and who we are and who we belong to. Thank you, Father. Lord, I thank you for your word, that we have it in a written form, that we can read it and learn. Thank you, Father. In Jesus' name. And everybody said, amen. Amen. May the Lord be with you. He is risen. God bless you. We want to thank you for listening. We pray that you were blessed and encouraged. If you like what you heard today, subscribe to this podcast and listen whenever you like. To find out more about Mosaic Church, please visit www.MosaicChurchTLH.com.